0: A good day and welcome to episode 50 of the Ombra Gaming Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Manny, and as always, I'm here with Steve and we're joined by Kate. It's a lovely Thursday. How are you both?
1: Doing well. How about you?
0: Oh, I'm fine. Episode 50, guys. We made yeah. it. It's our, cent- uh, no. pentennial. it's our pentennial anniversary. Is that a word? I don't know if that's a word.
1: I think so. Sure. Pentagon is it. five.
0: Yeah, five sides. It's our it's our five sided anniversary. <laughs> Steve, how's it
2: going? It's going you well. Doing? You know, it's uh, it it goes. I'm looking forward. We got some good games coming out soon. You know, mm-hmm. I'm getting real anxious, but uh, excited. It's an excited anxiety. Too many I
0: guess. games. Oh, definitely too many. I tweeted earlier today, shameless plug about the games that are coming out uh in the next like six in the next like sixty days. Fallout seventy six, Red Dead Redemption, uh, Gree is that how you pronounce that word? Yes. It's French. Gree, right? Correct. Uh, Pokemon Let's Go and Smash, all coming within the next two months. That's insane. That's too many pixels. That's I've one. run the numbers. Hey, don't forget about uh, Black Ops 4. That's going to be... A... <laughs> yeah. Gonna uh, is that happening? Uh, it? it sucks Shout because, like, Caleb. I like, like I've said, I like... He really wants to play
2: it. I've played so many Call of Duty games, but this one, we were talking earlier that like it, it comes out... By the time people listen to this, it'll be out, but it comes out tomorrow, and I just could not care less and it sucks because like i usually enjoy playing those
0: games yeah caleb uh our friend caleb was texting in our thread today trying to get people to download it and he sounded just like me trying to get people to play quake champions except the difference is there's already more people playing quake champions amongst my friends well quake champions is free (laughs) that is true like i don't (laughs) want to pay 60 bucks for battle royale well i'm happy that he's excited for black ops 4 that's great i'm happy for him i'm happy for his excitement but i'm even more happy for the excitement of this episode because it's episode 50 of the ombra gaming podcast and we have some exciting things to talk about just like we always do the topic of today's podcast is storytelling in video games so we're going to be talking about some of the games that have the best storytelling elements some of the things that we appreciate and how they tell those stories and i think is going to be a great conversation but to get the show started we're going to kick things off with a little round of Would You Rather, which I always enjoy playing. Uh, But before we even get to that, the house is gross, so let's keep it. First up on housekeeping, please follow us on social media. We are at Gaming on Instagram and at Ombra underscore gaming on Twitter, where you can keep up with all of the latest tweets and pictures and all the things we got to say on social media. It'd be awesome if you followed us there. You can also follow us on Twitch. We are at twitch.tv slash Ombra underscore gaming, where we stream almost every single day of the week on a variety of platforms, and we have a lot of fun doing it. Stream some Quake champies the other day. <laughs> ate some oats and slayed some goats. <laughs> Check it out. You can also find us on every podcast platform. Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the Google One, and all the others that exist in the world Look for us. Find us. Let us know how we're doing. Share it with your friends. It would appreciate it. <laughs> it would appreciate us. This is Sometimes amazing. when I'm going fast, I don't think I go on autopilot. and it's tough it sledding ride. for you. I just had like a really big burger. And I followed it <laughs> with it. a ice cream. Yep. So my body is like, shut it down. Yep, Reboot the digestive it tomorrow morning. Dirt. Yeah. The digestive um, derp. <laughs> Jesus
2: yep. Christ. Dude, it's real. It's just <laughs> yeah. all the energy is working yeah. here
0: right now and none There's of it's There's no blood here. in his brain. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was I saying? And if you like what you hear and if you like what you see on social media and at Twitch, you can also check out our website, which is where everything lives, including every single piece of content we produce, our articles, our reviews, our opinions, and every episode of this very podcast exists at com, so go ahead and check it out. And if you like everything you see there, you can support us at patreon.com slash gaming, where every single dollar will go right back into the show and make us the very best podcast we can possibly be. We have an amazing group of supporters, and we appreciate everything they do for us, and they are the reason we are able to do what we do. So if you want to join that group of supporters, you can go ahead and do that, again, at patreon.com slash gaming. And if you want to come and hang out with us, you can go ahead and join our Discord server. And the invite to that is on our Twitter bio. We have an awesome group of people hanging out in Discord all the time, all day and all night. We have 74 awesome people hanging out in Discord all day and all night, having a great time. Go ahead and join us there. We would love to have you, unless you are racist. And, of course, thank you to our sponsor, Nerdiest Brands. Nerdiest Brands is a fantastic website that features products from vendors and designers all over the world, no matter their nerdy fandom. So, if you want to grab some rad nerdy gear, head over to Nerdiest Brands. That's N E R D I O U S Brands. dot net. Why do you do that? dot com? I was just kidding. I was just kidding. I'm just trying to trick people <laughs> to go to the wrong website. Uh, yeah, it's a terrible idea! Yeah.
2: <laughs> do you know what an ad read is?
0: <laughs> so the house is now clean. Let's kick the show off. It's time for Would You Rather. And in case you are unfamiliar and live under a big, stupid rock, Would You Rather is played... Hold on, hold on. If people want to live under a rock, that's their own prerogative, man. All right? Yeah, but a big, stupid rock. I don't know if you heard that description. <laughs> well, I Patrick so. Starr
2: lived under what could be classified as a big, stupid rock, but he seemed to have a great life. Him and him and Spongebob yeah, just laughing it up
0: under the, under the sea. <laughs> well, in case you don't know how Would You Rather is played, it's played by each contestant coming up with... Silly scenarios. I don't know how to explain this game. This is a ridiculous it's way to It's Would You explain Rather. Everyone knows what that is. Everyone knows what it is. Let's just get it started. Steve, why don't you go first? Playing this mystery <laughs> yeah, game that apparently. no one knows how this to, to play. This a
2: whale of an intro.
0: 50, 50 while, episodes dude. in, I really think we've hit our stride, folks. <laughs> <laughs> 50 episodes in, Manny's brain finally stopped. It just ceased
2: to exist. All right, Would You Rather... <laughs> Have tails as your sidekick in every single player game you play, or never play single player games again.
0: Whoa, hang on. Okay, so every single player. Yep, (laughs) tails as your sidekick. That's fantastic. Or never play a single player game again. Correct. Um, and and it's like he can talk and he interacts. He's he's, no.
2: Think of tails like from Sonic Two. Like he basically just gets in the way. Like if you're trying to be stealthy, Mm -hmm. he's gonna alert the enemy that you're there. gonna uh. so be like, hey, it's a lovely day out. And you'll be like, ah, fuck tails!" if you need to hop on a platform and that platform drops after you touch it, he's going to touch it first. And then you're going to be yeah. stranded. It's tails. I'm going to go he's with never
0: play a single player game again, ever. Fuck tails. I will. I would like to say though, I did support him in a, in the sidekick conversation we have, but the way you just described it makes him, makes him sound like an asshole. So. I,
2: have you just play Sonic two once just, and been you, a lot of years since <laughs> and, and you a realize game. he's just the worst
1: my love for single player games is too strong i would i would put up with tails Ooh. grudgingly but I, I really like single player games so
2: yeah i'm in the same boat this was yeah. actually a really tough one for myself like i was i was putting myself through the ringer writing this down i think i'd have to suck it up and do and just have tails and like yeah i'd, I'd like, hate try it. to ignore him. <laughs> you, yeah, try to ignore him. Try to get him killed. Like, maybe if it's like a Skyrim thing where you can actually lose uh, your okay. companion. But there's no guarantee. He could be stuck yeah. there yeah.
0: forever. In this hypothetical world you made up, he could just stay forever and ever. Yeah,
2: I, I'd like to say it'd vary from game to game. Like, some games, like, yeah, yeah, you can lose him. But you don't know that until, like, the <laughs> end game. In, like, a game. few games,
0: in order to get rid of him, you actually have to kill him yourself. Ooh. Now that'd, be, be, a <laughs> that'd be a twist. You just
2: shoot him.
0: I would oblige.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I probably would. Let's be real. Maybe he's like, whatever. He's a video game
0: fox. Like, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kate, why don't you go next? Okay. What your, would you rather? My
1: first one is just for you two. Probably no one else yeah. would care about this question. Would you rather get to play every Kojima game as soon as it's finished for the rest of your life or his life or however long that lasts, or... Get to hang out with Kojima once a year at a time and place of your choice, but you can never play another Kojima game again.
0: <sighs> oh God, my heart. Oh <laughs>
2: Jesus! If we choose the first one, is there a chance we could still meet Kojima?
1: I mean, I guess. Like,
0: could I the... kidnap Kojima?
1: Technically, you can kidnap Kojima right now.
2: Like,
0: you actually can't. He's too small and he's too slippery. I've tried. Yeah, are you kidding <laughs> me? The dude is the master
2: of stealth espionage. Yeah. He'd be out of there in a heartbeat. <laughs> he would like put a cardboard box on. I have no idea where he went. <laughs>
0: Imagine if he actually thought that that's how stealth works in real life. I I wouldn't doubt it. In strange news today, game producer and director and writer Hideo Kojima was arrested at a Best Buy trying to steal (laughs) DVDs of every Nicolas Cage movie. He was just shuffling through the store under a box thinking no one could see him. This
2: has spiraled into an impromptu glitch report. This is amazing. (laughs) 50
0: episodes, folks. question about this yeah. scenario so when you say f- play the game as soon as it's finished yeah. you mean like before it even ships like yeah 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 like as soon as it's done... you are
1: the very first pl- person to play the final product before reviewers before anyone
2: else
0: i'd probably go with that one because because that's my life right now yeah i just get to play it's like you have a totally normal life but also you get to play Kojima games before everyone else.
2: I also think meeting Kojima might be, like, one of those don't meet your hero type of situations. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, I might just talk to him, like, this guy's fucking insane. What am I thinking yeah. playing? But, like, had, being the first one to play those games.
0: Yeah, I would be able to ascend into my true form of ultimate <laughs> Kojima gatekeeper. And I could shame everyone else forever. I would just change my hairstyle to
2: his and just start wearing glasses even though I don't need him.
0: Me too. Me <laughs> too. So I think that's a solid first option for both of us. Yeah,
1: I would pick that one too.
0: Okay, my first would you rather is, would you rather play every game for the rest of your life on your phone, or, but you have the same graphical fidelity, it's it looks great. Or graphical fidelity? Would you rather, every time you want to play a video game, you have to drive to the closest movie theater and play on a big screen. Every time you want to play a game. I live like down the
2: street from my closest movie theater, so this is actually really tough for me. Yeah, because like, is it playing
1: open 24-7? Game, you don't want to get dressed up and have to go outside and stuff. I don't, at least.
0: But then you have to play on your phone. I know, like, which sucks. Not going to get a lot of frags and quake champies on your phone, you know?
1: The controls would be awful.
0: I'll throw you a bone. You can use the same control scheme that you use for whatever else you play on. So, I could, so you can use keyboard and mouse, you oh. can use a gamepad, you can use a controller, whatever. Okay. But you're playing on a, on a small Then I
1: play on my screen. phone. How would I that
2: could work? Like? A using, a,
0: using a controller on well, a phone. Like, where a, are you going to put it's that? A, it's a made-up world. Okay, <laughs> tails. It's not going to be your sidekick in this every is, game either.
2: It's tough because, like, I do live down the street from a movie theater. Is the movie theater open twenty-four-seven? Sure. Yeah. Ooh, yeah see, sure. This is this is tough. And do I always have access to like play whatever I want? Do I have to wait and like is there, is there a queue? No, nope.
0: so it's just like how you would play it now except you have to drive to a movie theater. You might have to get a ticket. You got to get a ticket. They never sell out, but you still got to buy a ticket. I have to buy a ticket now for oh, well. You don't have to pay for a ticket. You just got to go through the process of getting a ticket. Oh, okay.
1: So you have to like interact with people.
0: You got to interact with people. You got to be like, yeah, a ticket to play. Honestly, I Overwatch? think
2: I'd have to do that. I just, the small screen, man. Uh that sucks. Yeah that sucks like i think the switch is probably as small of a screen as i can go right now i'd never play mobile
0: games tell you what i'm probably gonna be the best in the world at uh blades when it comes out anyway uh steve why don't you go next what is your next would you rather would you rather have to play an hour's worth of vr horror games before you play any
2: video game or only be able to play games an hour a day. Okay, so before well, you wanted to play video games, you'd have to play an hour of VR horror games.
1: Mine is automatic
0: number two because... Yeah, I would say number two I as get well. nauseated just gonna to play
2: an VR hour a day. A day. Well, whoa, whoa, all right, okay. This is insane because you're both such fans of these outrageous open world games that suck up hours of your time and you're like, I'm just going to play Yeah, but it's limiting – it, it's
0: forcing me to have a healthier lifestyle probably. Is it? You're,
2: no, you're going to be also, itching. You're going to be like, I want to go
0: play. Also, like, it's not even the fact that – like, I would enjoy – and I have enjoyed horror games in VR – I just that just seems like a like a massive hindrance. So Death
2: Stranding comes out, you're cool with just playing it an hour a day. I mean, if the
0: all if the alternate option is playing an hour of VR before I play any amount of it, you get to pay, pick the horror game. Do I get to? Pick, you could do uh, that. You could so do an hour the, of the PT the trailer. That I would generally be terrified in, but I get to pick the game and like the scene and everything. Like I like yeah, the horror game. Yeah, I, th- I still think I would go with two. I have oh, to go with two. I'd to
1: be. Me. Puking after an hour in VR, so I wouldn't be playing would a video game anyway. One, Steve?
2: I would definitely go with the first one. I can't limit because there are days where I'll play video games for hours at a time. You can't bank them. So if you only play, you know, if you don't play any for like four days in a row, it's so not like you can play four hours on a Friday or something like that. it's just one hour a day. Yeah, that's yeah, a, that. Probably, think about that, man.
0: I'd probably get less headaches and I'd sleep better. You know. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm in pain all the time and I don't sleep well. All right, Kate, why don't you go next? Okay.
1: I hope you guys haven't done this one already. So would you rather have to play every game on a 20-inch tube TV or have to play every game using the NES controller? You know, whatever game can be mapped to that controller, maybe minus a little bit of functionality, but you could still technically play it.
2: Oh, my God. Imagine Um, trying to play God of War with a goddamn NES controller. Yeah, that thing has literal edges and corners. Yeah, it does. It (laughs) sure does. There's, like, I don't... What? (laughs) How would you even do any of the combat?
0: (laughs) Or you got to play on a fucking 20-inch tube television. Yeah. I mean... Which, like, was the worst? Yes. Like, I remember playing that kind of shit.
2: Yeah, of course. I played a lot. I I think I had, like, a... Like a thirteen-inch tube TV, yeah. At one it's point, the,
0: it's got the curve in it. Yep. You know, it's warm when you turn it off because that—that's a thing. It's like hot to the touch. I'm probably going to go with the NES controller. I would just learn it. Like the switch controls aren't great. The Joy Cons in the in dock mode or or in the little like Joy Con controller holder thing—they're not ideal.
2: I I don't think the NES controller would translate very well to any anything modern day game. But then you also lose all the graphics, which is a huge point. It, it's a real. This is a real son of a bitch of a would you rather, Kate.
0: I feel like the second <laughs> option is almost is like almost a no brainer because it's just it's just like you learn you'll figure it out. You know what I mean? Like I would go with the to,
1: TV.
2: Yeah, you can also get over the fact that the, okay, it won't be high fidelity graphics, but like cool. I don't have to play. I can still with play the game. A rectangle. I'm gonna so go with the, with the TV. I'm gonna go with the TV. Yeah,
1: I would. Both go with the of the you TV. would go with yeah. the TV.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna go with the TV. Cr- I wouldn't crazy. be happy
1: about it, but.
2: I mean, we're A, not a B, yeah. select, start, D-pad. What can you do on, like, most games with A, B, select, start, D-pad? Not much. I not much, pal.
0: Serious Mortal Kombat fatalities.
2: Because, honestly, what you'd have to do is pretty much tr- turn every game into, like, an NES-style game so they'd actually function. So yeah. then you lose all the graphics anyway. You might as well be playing on a 20-inch tube TV. But Like, you'd lose you camera need...
1: control and stuff,
0: for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Oh, yeah, and see, Games, I can, I'll can. i take camera control happy. on my lesser graphics over no camera control in my rectangle controller.
0: Well, that is a good segue for my next Would You Rather. Would you rather have every game you ever play for the rest of your life be in first person or every game you ever play for the rest of your life be in, like, old-school Resident Evil 2-style camera angles? First person. <laughs> every That's, game, like, yeah, everything first from, like, tony hawk pro skater which is a weird option to pick in 2018 (laughs) yeah i just i just
2: wouldn't be playing tony hawk pro skater
0: yeah 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 god of war first person would be
2: awesome like red dead already has a first person mode i'm gonna play around with that i I, if you give me the option of third or first most of the time i do take first but for some reason skyrim and fallout like bethesda games i it's i feel like it's more fluid in first person
1: yeah i i'd have to go with first person just because The example you cited specifically was garbage, so... Those cameras were so (laughs) bad. Like,
2: I'll give it to him. It adds to the
0: the horror tension. But in terms of fluidity, it's so fucking bad. Yeah, Yeah, it did add to the tension of, like, turning every single corner until you're like, oh, fuck, it's the dogs again. Fuck my life. Because that's
2: what would happen. One corner, you'd turn, all of a sudden it would pause for a minute, and then as soon as it goes, the window shatters, and here come the fucking crows but to eat your face. Okay, well, Steve, you're next. You're captured, and you can only choose one character to save you. Would you rather have Toad or Ashley Graham from Resident Evil 4 attempt to rescue you?
0: Uh, Where am I ca- am I? What am I captured? You're just captured. By... You're ca-
2: just, a, just a generic like a dungeon. you a Pokeball? Right? Or... No, you're, you're, you're in a dungeon. You're trapped.
1: Did you just say, am I in a Pokeball?
2: Yeah, why would that be where you're at? <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> like, what? Yeah. I think to answer your question, I'd be a fire Pokemon. No, um... <laughs> Probably Toad. He's way more accomplished, <laughs> to, to be honest. <laughs> he's got he, a whole... He's got Captain Toad. I mean, he's got a whole He's an game. explorer, he's, yeah. He's where an explorer, he hunts man. treasure. You know what I mean? And he knows how to drive vehicles. He's a little um, slow. I will give. I will say that. he is. He is he's not slow. fleet of foot. But he's also not Ashley Graham. So I Toad. didn't
1: play Resident Evil 4. Is she the president's daughter?
0: She's the is president's kidnapped? daughter.
1: Okay, that is useless. Okay. Yeah so i guess i'd have to go with toad for the same reason yeah he at least you know he was in a couple games where he actually did stuff and
2: yeah you know again
0: way more accomplished yeah
2: i'm a i'm a, a firm believer in an underdog story so i'm gonna go with ashley i'm gonna give
0: her a fighter's <laughs> chance <here>. you're gonna <laughs> die in that dungeon, steve <laughs> i'm okay with that uh okay my final would you rather or no is it you i don't know it's, it's kate what? It's, what? My it's my turn, turn
1: now kate yeah
0: right. <laughs> where are you tonight <laughs>
1: okay would you rather play a game where the gameplay is super this is like an open world game a hyper realistic game where like you have to eat drink go to the bathroom worry about freezing to death headshots are instantly fatal yeah and like if you get shot in the arm you can't use your arm anymore like just super realistic to real life but you can save any time whenever you want or would you rather play a game where you were almost invincible and you didn't have to worry about all that minutiae but you couldn't save it all
2: so you're like never gonna die though
1: um you're not completely invincible but like you're pretty pretty strong but also like keep in mind it's an open world game so like if you get caught stealing or pick a wrong dialogue choice or whatever, you can't save before any of that stuff too in the second option.
0: It also sounds like the almost invincibility would last me like two-thirds into the game and then I die. You and get overconfident. And that's far enough to make me yeah. <laughs> throw myself into traffic <laughs> if I lose the game at that point and I'm unable to save. Yeah, I'll probably go with the first one. I mean, the first one sounds like... I mean, it sounds a little bit like The Forest, which I really enjoyed. But, I mean, it sounds a lot like Scrum mm-hmm. or Scum, but Scum also does not look interesting to me.
2: Yeah, I'm a I'm a little torn here because I don't get too uh, thrilled about those super realistic ones, like where you have to kind of watch quite literally like every breath you take. I think I'm going to have to go with the, the one where you're kind of invincible. Okay. It's a risk. You it know, you is. Because I do like saving a lot in most yeah. open world games. I'm a huge fan of that. Quick save is the best. Yep. But, you know... I think I'd probably figure it out. Cuz like the early stages if you're almost invincible, the early stages is all tutorial stuff anyway, so you'll figure it out and then once you start learning like the the little ins and outs and you just figure out your fighting style and kind of how you yeah. want your character yeah. to be, I think you'll have an idea of how to interact with people to make sure
0: you're picking at least the dialogue choice that you'd be comfortable with. So No right. take
1: backs on dialogue.
0: All right. My final would you rather? Would you rather have the end of every game spoiled forever or After you play a game, you have to read a novel version of the game. Minimum like 300 pages. Like it's a heavy read. So like you have to read a book version of the game you just played before you play anything else in full.
1: Um, I would pick number two because I like reading books. Um,
0: Nerd. Yeah. You nerd. I'm I'm (laughs) I'm a nerd. Um,
1: And I mean, I would probably be a little more choosy then about what games I play. Because do I want to read like a novelized version of overcooked i don't think so (laughs) Um. i would
2: actually love to
0: read a novelized version of overcooked where can we get that
1: but yeah i i like reading books so i would pick number two
0: for everyone listening at home kate just adjusted her glasses that's how big of a nerd she is
2: i think i'll have to go with the second option as well i gotta tell you that first yeah like
0: every game somebody just leans some somebody comes to your house and they're like hello are you steve and you're like yeah and they're like hey he does at the end all right, yeah, well, I would, have hate, a good I would hate. Yeah, that
1: would ruin because, it. Because
2: like, like I, I was very I was I was stunned that the internet didn't spoil the big twist in God of War. Mm-hmm. And I loved it because I would have hated to have that ruined for me.
1: That's probably a good time to remind our audience that this podcast will be full of spoilers because it's a storytelling podcast. Oh yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. So. That was a good point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Spoilers for all the games that we're going to spoil.
1: Just turn it off if we announce a game that you're like,
0: I haven't yeah. played that. Okay, so both of you would would yeah. Be a big old nerd,s read a book. Yeah, just I, I, I could probably, that probably is read rude, more, Manny. You know? I know. I could read. I, know. More. I would also do the same thing. I, I, I'm with you. Uh, so that was. Would you rather? I always. I think that's my favorite game we play. It's a good one to start shows off. It's definitely up there. I think one of my favorites was one I came up with, where it was like, "Would you rather play every game with uh, the the Rock Band drum kit or a Wiimote inside of a steering wheel?" <laughs> <laughs> Which I particularly enjoy. Anyway, great game. And if you have any Would You Rathers, call us and let us know. Uh, You can give us a ring at 347-509-5620. We would love to hear what Would You Rathers you've cooked up for the Ombra Gaming crew. So let's keep the show going. It's time for the topic of the podcast, which, as I mentioned earlier, is storytelling in games. So we're going to be talking about some of the games that we think have some great storytelling. uh, And we're going to talk about some of the things that we... Think makes good storytelling in gaming, and some of the things that maybe take away from storytelling in games. Um, So, why don't we start with Kate to sort of set the stage for the conversation?
1: So, I would like to go in the reverse order of what you just said. I think I think it would make more sense to talk generally and then to sort of dial it down to various examples. So, to me, I think video gaming is like a very unique medium for storytelling because it is so immersive. You know, one of the keys to any good story is empathy for like the main character which with video gaming you're automatically in their shoes like you don't have to work to put yourself to put the audience in like a protagonist's shoes they are that person they're controlling them so I think that video gaming is like very unique in that way and also just the way that storylines can branch and like you kind of have control over various aspects of what the person does or doesn't do. I think it's like a very interesting vehicle for storytelling.
0: Yeah, I think it is the most immersive form of storytelling for all the reasons you stated. I think one of the things that's like, well, well, before we kind of like con- continue what so for you personally like what makes good storytelling in a game
1: it's kind of the same thing that i like in shows and books and stuff as well um i really like stories where there are consequences to your actions in a video game it's it's even more impactful i guess because you're kind of in control whereas on a tv show you're just watching somebody go about whatever so I I definitely really like that. Um I like a story where maybe the protagonist fails at first because that really ramps up the tension and the stakes. So it you know, it's not it's not fun to play a video game where you're overpowered. At least I don't think it is and you're just winning all the time. There's no tension there. It's it's just not yeah, that interesting. Yeah, uh, that's it's
0: too similar to my life, you know. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. my life is the opposite. My life is the sad protagonist who fails in the beginning. Yeah.
1: <laughs> So, I mean, there's, there's obviously like so many elements with video games and storytelling because it's, it's a visual medium and then you have to like factor in gameplay and everything. So it's definitely more complicated than how do you write a good book or how do you make a good movie?
0: For sure. What about you, Steve? Like what makes a good, like what elements make good storytelling for you in the games that you play?
2: Honestly, that's one of the harder questions to answer just because I like so many different styles of storytelling in games like I love a game like a Skyrim or a Fallout where it's very much the environment tells the story but I also love a game as we know like Metal Gear Solid where it's very much cutscene driven and obviously excluding Metal Gear Solid 5 because that was a shift in their gameplay where they made it more about how you tackle missions and basically let you shape the character of Big Boss which I thought was a cool touch. But I'm a big fan of both. I, I, I like being told a story, but I also am a huge fan of being the person who makes the choices and kind of shapes my character. Because, like Kate mentioned, the best part about video games is that immersion. It gives you something that books and movies do not give you. It, it literally puts you in the character's shoes. And yeah. as she mentioned, like you have to feel empathy for a lot of these characters. And uh, we'll talk about this when we get to some of our examples. But like The Last of Us always jumps out to me. Because they, they do such a good job of painting this picture and this, this giving you this outrageous world with so much going on. And it's impossible not to feel empathy for Joel at the beginning of the game. But then at the end, how they, they flip the script and now all of a sudden you're feeling the empathy for Ellie. And those are those elements where you are playing those moments and you're experiencing them as the characters. But you're also being told them through cutscenes. So I like a good yeah. mix of the two. I think the the biggest storytelling element that sticks out to me is character motivation. I need to feel something for the character I'm playing as, otherwise I'm not going to be sucked in. And we talked about this when we did the Detroit Become Human podcast where we all kind of just felt like, you know, Kara was expendable, but we felt connections to yeah. Connor and Marcus because of the way they were written and the way the game played out, and so that sucks because there could have been something substantial there. I mean, you can listen to that spoiler cast to find out why we thought that storyline kind of soured. But there spoilers, could have been something. There's a spoiler. Yeah, spoilers. <laughs> spoilers <laughs> is a spoiler cast. <laughs> there could have been something substantial there that actually carried some weight, and they they kind of let you down. But I, I think, like I said, the the thing that stands out to me the most is those character motivations. Because at the end of the day, when we're playing these video games, whether you're making your character in an RPG or you're playing as a character in a defined linear story driven game, you want to feel something for the the, the person you're impersoning, I guess you could say. Yep, definitely. Right.
0: Yeah, and I think like there's something to be said about relatable characters too. I think being able to identify like human not like human traits in, in characters, but like human experiences I think is really important. But at the same time, like, I know for me and I, and for probably all of us in some way, video games in some way are an escape right so so in some ways like people play video games because they want to experience something they've never experienced before but for me i think there's for me something that i really appreciate about storytelling is what steve mentioned right so like environmental storytelling you can walk into a house in fallout or a house in like wolfenstein 2 i think does a great example a great job of this as well and whether it's through like a codec thing or a note left behind by someone, or you see like a picture frame and a gun and a skeleton or whatever, right? Like the house that you're in the environment, the, the sort of setting that you find yourself in as the character tells a story. And I think there's a particularly cool thing that some games do where it doesn't, it doesn't like spoon feed you the story, right? So for example, I think dark souls does this and we can sort of transition into more specific examples. I think dark souls does a fantastic job at giving you just enough to give you a story but also like let you fill in the blanks right and I think that's really important too because it's not only giving me agency over the character over how the game plays but it's also giving me agency over the story and like it's meaning to me personally right so like you know in Dark Souls 3 when you find Havel's armor right Havel's a character from Dark Souls 1 you get to sort of piece together why his armor might be here right so he was like the dragon slayer so Oh, okay, cool. Like his armor is next to where you fight one of the dragons in Dark Souls 3. So like maybe there's some connection. Maybe this is the one that finally got him. And if I beat this dragon, I get his armor, right? So like you get to kind of piece together the story in a way that's meaningful to you and in a way that's like that resonates with you as a consumer of of this art. Yeah. And I think, you know, again, like Fallout does a great job of that. Uh, Wolfenstein, I kind of feel like does a good job of that, but also it doesn't give you as much wiggle room to like fill in the blanks. Like it tells a pretty straightforward story but then i also think it's important for like a game and this is something we kind of touched on in the last episode when talking about cutscenes i think it's important for a game to be like this is the story you can dig super deep but you also don't have to like if you want to just play the game and understand the story from a very superficial level do that shit like do that all day you know like the creators of doom and this is something i talked about in the last episode too but like in software was very much like there's a lot there you can look at every single entry in your like encyclopedia of demons you can like read every single bit of background over all the characters or you can just put a shotgun in everything's face and pull the trigger you know so like i think giving you the option to go as deep as you want or not is really important but I, but i just love being able to like headcanon a game and like figure out how it can mean sure. the most to me that's that's like so fulfilling yeah. for me
1: Another another thing I think is important in video games, and it can honestly kind of make or break them, is um, the gameplay should support the story and be in line with kind of the way they want to tell the story versus not be fighting against it. Like, yep. like, I think Bethesda knows that their open world games are, like you said, an environmental storytelling experience. So that's the gameplay. Like, you're not locked into this super linear narrative where you can't explore stuff because that's not the story they're trying to tell and like an example where i felt like the gameplay worked against a story um is final fantasy 15 because that was like clearly meant to be this very intimate story between four friends and you know all this stuff is happening to them and then it's like you can just like run around and fix cars in the open world and go on chocobo races and stuff and it just felt like This would be a much better game if you had come up with gameplay that sort of, you know, fit the narrative that you were trying to tell. So when those two things align, it can really elevate the story to an even better experience. And when they work against each other, it can really detract from the overall storytelling.
0: For sure. Yeah, I think like there's like I look at God of War, for example, and I think God of War has amazing storytelling. And a lot of that is in is, you know, due to the environment, but also due to the amazing acting and writing and directing of that game but there's so much potential in god of war for it to get really distracted like there's so much in the mythos that they try to tackle in the systems um you know the mechanics that they build into that game and then in like the lore of everything that god of war has been there is so much potential for that game to get really confused not confusing but um muddled in like detail um and i thought they did a really good job at cutting through all that and telling a really impactful story but Yeah, I think you're right. Like, the game play and the the game mechanics need to complement the story in Mm -hmm. a way that makes sense, right? Yeah. Like, Fallout's another good example of that. Like, the story of why Power Armor is useful and, like, why it's important to have access to it. Um, And then, like, how the Power Armor changes gameplay mechanics.
2: So far, like, any of the games I've played, I haven't felt like i felt restricted in uh, the way they've Mm. told their story. I've actually talked a lot with one of my coworkers about Uncharted because he... Like, he believes, like, Uncharted has this feeling like there's this this open world element to it. But there really isn't. Other than, um, I think, The Lost Legacy, where they introduced a couple new elements, but it still isn't, like, even on the level of Tomb Raider in terms of what the open world is like. But it kind of gives off this vibe that it could be. And then you're kind of given that strict limitation of, like, this is a linear story. But as someone who's played Uncharted since the beginning, I was aware that that's what that game was. I never expected that to be anything other a lot of it comes down to the way the game I guess is perceived and the way that's it's marketed. True. Like if, if you're trying to, if you're marketing it as like an open world game, then it has to be open world with like some significant choice like choices and things like that. I guess the one example I can think of where your choices don't matter is most of the telltale games because we've talked about this and Kate, you've mentioned it a ton of times that it gives you like the illusion of choice and that's yeah. true for a lot of the earlier telltale games. I think the Batman games did it well. I think they kind of figured out what was working, what wasn't. And there were things that you could do where you're going to get vastly different outcomes. Like, and we mentioned this at the beginning, but spoilers for the second (laughs) episode of Batman, you can make it. So the Joker's a vigilante or a bad guy, and you can also make it. So you give up being Batman or you accept like Alfred as like sticking around. Like you either stick as Batman or Alfred goes away. So like there's actual tough choices that you have to make so I think they figured it out. But in the early stages, like the first Walking Dead season, I remember playing that game and there'd be moments where like you'd have to save one person or the other and I'd actually have to pause the game and be like, Shit, like, what do I want to do here? Because this right. is gonna determine how it goes. But then whoever I save just dies over something that I could not control. Like I didn't have the choice to save them later on. So I was like, Well, what the hell? Like what would have happened? Would the other guy I saved just have died too? Because if that's the case then what was the point of that big choice? So I think in those instances, the storytelling kind of lets me down. And then I'll go back to The Last of Us. There's that one moment at the end where you bring Ellie and she's supposed to be like the cure. And what's going to happen is they're going to kill her because they have to examine her brain to figure out the cure. And when Joel figures this out, he literally goes in and kills everybody. And there were instances in that game where you were actually given choices like you could leave somebody alive or kill them or do what you want. And, like, there were ways that you could go stealth or you could go all out. And so I thought there was going to be one of those moments where, like, I didn't have to kill them And I really tried as long as I could to not kill those doctors. And then eventually I was like, fuck, I have to do this. Like, this is part of the story. And so I did it. And, like, that's when I kind of felt like, shit, like, that sucked. Because I wouldn't have done it if, like, if I had the choice. But I it kind of took that choice away to tell their story. I can't get mad because the story was great. But I, I kind of felt like there should have been a choice and there wasn't. I don't know. It was, it was, it was a, a bittersweet ending. Sure.
0: <laughs> one of the things I wanted to touch on is, do you see things changing in the way video games are telling stories? And where do you, like, I guess, like, what trends do you see in video game storytelling that you think might become more of a thing, you know, in the, ne- in the next, like, five years or something?
2: I hope more choices. I love mm-hmm. those games. Like, I love the infamous games. That's yeah. one of the main reasons I love the original Red Dead Redemption. It's, uh, it's just cool to be able to kind of dictate where your character is going and not just like an RPG game where you make a character, like taking an established character like a John Marston and like determining how you want to be this guy. Yeah. Right.
1: I mean, I think like kind of going back to the gameplay and the story going hand in hand, I think VR, you know, is very much in its infancy right now. And I think once that sort of really gets um, more mainstream or established, I can see that really affecting the way that maybe people write video game stories since that's even more immersive than yeah. your standard um, video game where you're, you know, sitting in front of the screen or whatever. So for sure, I think that could be interesting to see how they, they work that into the story.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to see more like storytelling experiences in uh, VR. I think, and I brought this up last episode too, but Moss is a great example of like really good storytelling in a VR game. Yeah. For me, I think, I think, something that is going to become more and more prevalent in the way games tell stories is like social interaction which is weird because like that is giving more agency to players which in theory would take away from the story that the game is trying to tell like rather than being like no no we're gonna have npcs come in and tell you what's happening (laughs) um i think games are going to turn more towards like interact with other people and like let that impact the story like steve talks about journey right like the interaction with other players in journey was a really important piece of that story um i think however the fuck we're going to be interacting with each other in death stranding is going to be a really important piece (laughs) of that story Um, i'm going to be your baby (laughs) 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 all right one person has to be the baby in the tank and they have to do a bunch of flips in that liquid dude
2: imagine that's the multiplayer like that would be (laughs) the baby's point of view
0: yeah yeah um yeah, and so like I think a lot. I mean, we look at Fallout seventy six. Um, we mm-hmm. look at Doom Eternal. Like in Doom Eternal, there's there's multiplayer features. You can invade other people's games as demons. So like I think a lot of um, developers and studios are looking at social interaction as another avenue for storytelling, rather than just like a feature. Um right. So I, ho- I hope that takes hold because that that's a really cool side of uh, of gaming and, and storytelling in the medium.
2: Well, I was gonna say, what are your go to? yeah i guess games for like what you would describe as perfect storytelling in your opinion Oof. obviously it's it's completely subjective but all right we'll do this we'll do this we'll do number one environmental open world storytelling game where like choices matter and number one like linear they're mm-hmm. telling us the story we're going along with it and like yeah. playing as the yeah, character yeah. so we'll, we'll do that
1: i don't know i feel like this one is kind of in the middle of the two options, but I'll I'll say it for open worlds anyway. Um, So, Dragon Age Origins is one of my favorite video games Mm. ever. I think that the way that they started it was brilliant, because I think in a lot of games where you sort of can create your own character from scratch, there's automatically, they're not as connected to the story because they can't be, because you can be, you know, X different race, different Mm. gender, different class. Like, there's all these different parameters. Like, as a writer, how do you funnel all that into the same story and um so the way that they did it in dragon age origins is that you have an origin story kind of based on your choices and the character creator so if you start as a human you're like a human noble and your family gets murdered and that's how you get thrust into the story so i think like with the origin story you then come into the game like sort of preloaded with baggage for lack of a better word That no matter which origin you chose, it all funnels back into the main story. Like the human noble origin, you eventually come upon the guy that murdered your family and you can choose to take revenge on him or let him go or whatever. So if if you're playing an elf, like that's just a guy in a jail cell that you don't really know who he is. But so it I think that was really, um, really well done. And. I mean, I've played that game four or five times, and it's a long game. And, you know, there's just so many choices, and they really do matter because depending on what you choose determines what armies you get to fight against the final boss. So you can end up with, like, one army that kind of sucks, or you can end up with, like, a whole group of people, and then there are some that are, you know, mutually exclusive where, well, if you save the elves, you don't get the werewolves kind of thing. So I I think that was, like, that's my favorite Bioware game. They really dialed in for that.
0: Nice.
2: So that one's, like, you're in the the middle. So, yeah, what's, like, one that, like, dictates it to you? Yeah,
0: what's your more, like, uh, linear kind of storytelling?
1: I'm, like, super loath to mention this because I don't want to spoil it for you guys because I think you guys should really play Bioshock. There's a specific moment in that game that, like, in the middle of the game that I thought was just so fucking brilliant like it's one I'm of the cool best. if you spoil it
2: for me because yeah. it's sitting in my backlog like I I think I will play it but like at okay. the same time I don't care if you spoil it that game is like 12 I, years old
0: I don't really care either you can spoil it for me
1: okay so and maybe this was like just me but like this was kind of one of my first experiences with like quote-unquote like meta gaming so you play you're this guy you get sucked into this like crazy world where all these people are mutated and nuts and whatever and you have this guy that's, like, one of the few sort of sane people left that's helping you out on the radio. And he keeps – he tells you, like, go here, go here, do this, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you're kind of led to believe that the guy that created this city is, like, this awful guy, blah, blah, blah. Well, come to find out the guy that created the city is your dad. um And, and his whole thing is, like, he created this city um because he believed that, like, man was better than – everyone else thought they were and he was all sort of about like rising above your base nature and make making your own choice and he has this whole thing about you know are you a slave or are you a man and when you finally confront him in person the guy that you thought was your ally has this phrase that like triggers you that you have to do stuff so he's like would you kindly kill andrew ryan and you basically have to beat him to death with a golf club jesus and the game doesn't continue, and that's sort of like, until you do that. And to me, that was kind of like my first moment of like, metagaming in, in the sense that like, I am in control of this person that is doing these things. If I don't know if that makes sense at all, but I, I just thought that moment was brilliant because you know you're juxtaposing that with like his whole thing with like are you a slave do you obey and i'm like well i don't have any choice but to obey because the game doesn't go on if i don't do this so am i a slave to this game i don't know like it was it was just like a very interesting philosophical question and kind of almost meta question in a way with like how we interact with video games there's tons of like really great single player games but that that moment like always sticks out in my mind as a really powerful storytelling moment in
0: game. Uh what about you, Steve?
2: For my one that I guess will have to do with like choices and stuff. Um I haven't talked about this one a lot, but this story always sticks out to me. It's mostly because of the choice you have to make at the end. And that's Life is Strange, the first season. I'm almost at a loss of words just from like that whole experience, just because it hits home just because everybody's had the high school experience. It's easy to just remember things from your own past and relate to these characters. And then you form this connection to Sam and Chloe because, like, their relationship is so strong. And from every choice you make as Sam and, like, the rewinding time thing and realizing what goes wrong if she tries to fix something from, you know, years ago and how that has a ripple effect. Like, it's this constant learning experience with the two of them. And then that last moment. Have you guys played? I I don't think you guys have played this game, have you?
0: No, no.
1: I mean, I I know some of the story, but I haven't played it.
2: I'm going to spoil it. So basically like there's this big storm coming and at some point you kind of figure out if you let Chloe die at the beginning of the game, then the storm won't hit the town and a bunch of people won't die. So you have to make this choice after you've spent like hours with Sam and Chloe and you've seen their relationship at like highest of highs, lowest of lows. You have to make this choice to go back and be like, I'm going to let my best friend die while I sit there and I hear it happen or uh. i'm going to let her live and this town is going to get fucked up. And it's it's one of the hardest choices i think i've ever had to make Ooh. in a video game. That was one of the ones i i i stopped it for like 30 minutes. I was like, what am i going to do here? And i i i let Chloe die and that sucked. That hurt. Damn. I loved Chloe. She's a great character. But i was like, you know, i got to like try to help the town. And that just like sticks out to me as like one of those moments where i was like, man, like this game really got to me. Like their their entire journey, their story their relationship, the people they interact w- interacted with, you felt everything they felt, and obviously it's a huge credit to Don't Nod for the work they did. Because that, I, I'm looking forward to playing Life is Strange the, the second season. Um, I actually still need to go play the uh, Before the Storm, but I kind of like to have those games like release all the episodes before I get them. I will dabble with that, um, but that that first one always hits home with me as one of those like really memorable stories, and just like the way they tell it. The way they let you manipulate the gameplay where, like, you actually make choices and, like, the, the time warp aspect where, like, you can go back in time and, like, change things. That was one of, like, the cool elements. It just, like, it really worked. It was one of those one-off games that I didn't think they would end up making more of. And now that they are, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what else they have in terms sure. of just, like, straight narrative I have to go with Celeste and it could just be because like I played it this year, but that story was just so perfect. I I thought it was so heartwarming. Just the story of Madeline, basically fighting her own like self doubt. Like that's the whole story is like, she's trying to overcome her own inner demons. And it's not even like, I guess you say like demons because like they're the way they're depicted in the game. They're kind of like nefarious looking for sure. But it's not necessarily demons, it's just like Typical self-doubt and anxiety that people deal with And it's just such this simple story Told in this gameplay that Is unforgiving, but So satisfying at the same time Like, I've talked about this before, like, you die A million times but no matter how many times you die, you're like, no, no, I got it. Like, I just need to do this one little thing. I just need to hit the stick the right way, and I got it. Like, I figured it out. And then when you finally reach that mountaintop, it's one of the most peaceful moments where it just gives you that last screenshot of her sitting out there with the sun setting, and, like, she's right on top of it. And it was just my hand hurt after playing that because we've talked about this. The Joy-Cons in the, in the handheld mode are not the most comfortable. Yeah, not ideal. So my thumb was on fire, but that was like one of those moments where like, you know what? It feels good. Like I feel so accomplished completing this game and I'm so satisfied with how it played out. So that game definitely sticks out to me in terms of like the, the straight narrative that they're trying to tell you.
0: Yeah. What about you, Manny? I, I want to get into uh Celeste and I, and I anticipate I will, but not after a couple more playthroughs of the messenger. Um, I <laughs> think for like the more open worldly decisions matter kind of game, I do kind of want to say metal gear solid five. Um, I think, yeah, you know, granted like there is an ending to that game and then there is like an actual ending to that game and like you'll get there if you just keep playing long enough kind of thing but yeah i think you know your your decisions matter up to a point but i think that's a really good example of storytelling and mechanics working together really well um, I think, you know, like Steve mentioned, like you can approach any mission the way you want to, and that's not necessarily unique, but the game and the way the story is told to you, like, changes based on how you play things. So, for example, like if you shoot a lot of guys in the head, they'll start wearing helmets, right? And that changes your approach to missions. Uh, and then if you do shoot a lot of guys in the head you, and you get close to guards and they don't know you're there, sometimes you'll hear them bantering, being like, oh, yeah, he always goes for headshots or he always shoots people in the head. Same thing with, like, if you start only taking whatever, I forget what they're called, like, outposts or whatever, if you start taking those out at night, they'll all just equip themselves with night vision. And then they start having conversations about how, like, he only strikes at night. And, of course, like, the more soldiers you kill, the more sort of Venom Snake he becomes and and that whole thing. Um, And then, of course, like, the ending when there's a big reveal, like, you kind of realize that there's a game within a game almost. Um, And then, then, of course, like, the the callbacks to all the previous games and essentially bringing the entire series full circle. Yeah. Um, So spoilers for Phantom Pain, like that game ends where the very, very first game begins in, in 1989. And so I think there's just like a lot of really powerful storytelling. And I think there's a lot of um, mechanics that play very nicely within that storytelling sort of arena. Um, And of course that is mostly done through, Long cutscenes and a lot of straightforward storytelling, but it all works. It all works really, really well. Um, and then for more of a linear game, this is an interesting one. I think uh, Inside has a really interesting story, and I think so. I compare it to Limbo, its predecessor, and I think Limbo is too open. Limbo doesn't give you enough to create. a It does a story not give you yourself. a definitive ending. Yeah. It gives you. It gives you a game that is really interesting visually and. A mechanically really challenging and interesting and very intricate and very awesome limbo is one of my favorite games but i think what inside does that limbo doesn't is that it gives you more to work with and i think it gives you just the right enough just just the right amount to say like hey i respect you as a gamer i'm not gonna spoon feed you this story i'm not gonna hold your hand but i'm gonna give you enough to work with and if you want to create your headcanon for this game awesome Uh, If you want to pay attention to the little details throughout this game and kind of pick apart more of a story, awesome. Do that. Um, And granted, like the ending of Inside isn't all that more definitive than than Limbo. It's fucking weird and it's creepy. But I think it's just done in a way that lets you, it it lets you arrive to the story and sort of go through the story on your own terms, which I think is really important. And yeah, I mean, it it tells a story really well uh, with very little, which I think is cool too. So I, I really love that experience. So yeah, those would be my picks. I don't know. There, there's so many ways that games can tell stories, and I think they're they're just gonna keep evolving. But uh, if if there are any games that you think are particularly great at the way they tell a story, let us know. Give us a call, email us, tweet at us, do all those things because we'd love to hear from you. So let's keep the show going. It's time for the part of the show where we update you on the gaming news that broke since last we spoke, ladies and gentlemen. This is patch notes. <laughs> For patch notes one zero point one one point one eight, Kate, why don't you go first? What do you have for news?
1: Sure, this is from IGN and our favorite reporter Jesse Wade. Jesse, Jesse Wade.
0: Wait, what's his last name? Wade.
1: Wade. Yeah, it's a. It's also a girl, but she. That is a lady. the
0: most cowboy name ever. Isn't
1: that the most Red Dead name? Yeah,
0: Jesse, Jesse Wade. Wade. Jesse Wade. <laughs>
2: Fastest gun in the west. Yeah. Also,
0: I write for Kotaku.
1: <laughs> well, and this is about Red Dead Redemption 2. How so fitting. Maybe she's an NPC in that game. She and, could be. Yeah. Jesse. So, Jesse. So, right. <laughs> Red Dead Redemption 2 rumored achievements and trophies have leaked. Whew. So, a list of rumored trophies and achievements for Red Dead Redemption 2 has leaked. There are allegedly 51 achievements and trophies, 52 including the PlayStation Platinum. Uh, and this list includes trophies that are rumored for both single player mode and uh, Red Dead Online. Uh, I'm not going to read the trophies and achievements because some people consider those spoilers, so I don't want to spoil anybody. Um, but I don't want to nice. know. Them. I don't want to. Yeah, them. yeah. So uh, anyway, the person that leaked this is apparently somebody that's leaked stuff in the past to leaky with accuracy. <laughs> the leaker Leaky Pete. oh god <laughs> Leaky Pete. that just sounds like someone with like an incontinence problem <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's gone to the doctor many times Leaky Pete.
1: uh yeah so anyway i mean it's just it's just a little more fuel for the red dead hype train you know we're all on anyway full steam ahead so
0: i've been steaming for weeks yeah <laughs> you have been steaming for weeks i'm definitely excited for it yeah me too I thought I was not going to be excited for it. I thought I'd be way more stoked about Spider-Man. I haven't even bought Spider-Man yet, but I, I thought know you're missing out. I thought I Red Dead out. was going to be like appreciate it from afar, great, awesome, like crush it, lovely, but like pass. So much so that I made a twenty dollars bet with our friend Caleb that I wouldn't buy oh. the game for the rest of the year i just wouldn't buy it and he was like no way you're absolutely gonna buy this game and i'm like no like i just don't see it like i i I know why it's gonna be so good and i get why it's gonna be amazing and i and i appreciate everyone's excitement for it but it's just not my kind of game and he's like dude at the very least you're gonna want to be part of the conversation you're gonna buy this fucking game i'm gonna buy this game now it's not (laughs) because i want to be part of the conversation it just looks so fucking good and i and i need need to play this game
2: the note where they were like, oh, yeah, if you turn off your mini-map
0: in the HUD, oh, and then amazing. when you talk to people, it's they incredible. give you directions. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's Great. incredible. Awesome. So they thought it's of it on, all. It's on yeah. record. I owe Caleb $20. Okay. Because I'm a man of my word. Worth it. Yeah. Worth. Worth. Uh, cool. Steve, what do you have for news? Let's keep it going.
2: Keeping it with IGN Nick Santangelo, Destiny 2's Festival of the Lost includes Haunted Forest horde mode. Bungie horde has officially thing? horde mode. Horde. Bungie ha- Jesus Christ. <laughs> Bungie has officially revealed the details for Destiny 2's spooky themed mode Festival of the Lost, which includes a new horde style mode. Destiny 2's Festival of the Lost will kick off on October 16th. The event will focus on the character Eva Levante having gone missing in the wake of the in game events that saw Beloved Cade 6 die as the Red Legion raised the last city. So I guess spoilers for the Forsaken. Yeah, whoops. <laughs> that
1: was in the trailer.
2: Wasn't
0: it was not the trailer. trailer. We all
2: knew. We all knew. But in the Festival of the Lost lore, Amanda Holiday is decorating the tower for the season to help everyone remember the lost and celebrate their continued fight. Festival of the Lost biggest addition though is Haunted Forest. The aforementioned Horde style mode gives players fifteen minutes to progress as far as possible in the Haunted Forest, wiping out as many ghouls and demons as possible along the way. Naturally, Haunted Forest grows increasingly difficult the further the player progresses in each run. The mode can be tackled solo or in a group with either pre-made team or through matchmaking. But I think it's cool that they're getting into the spirit. Like Destiny's done this before, like with holidays, uh, Christmas, like they do the like, the winter themes and stuff like that and obviously halloween my favorite time of the year so i'm a big fan of all the spookiness i got to say i need to get back into the forsaken i've been kind of neglecting it because when i have been playing games lately i've just been playing madden just playing my franchise mode so i got to hop back into the forsaken the before red dead comes football out football game yeah it's a lot of fun same thing with like you and fifa you know you just sometimes you just need a couple it's of games always you know there. yeah so I need to get back into the Forsaken. I've enjoyed what I've played so far, so I am looking forward to this stuff. Just because, like, it's a it's a nice little change of pace. Yeah, like, it's for just sure. like here's something new you can you can try out with friends. I would like it if more of my friends would go back to playing Destiny though. Like, Manny, <sighs> yeah, it's and just... like, please, anybody. Somebody fucking play Destiny Two with me on de- on PS Four. Somebody, anybody, for the love of God!
1: <laughs> yeah, everyone in our community is playing on PC, PC right? Yeah,
2: yeah and I, I don't want to start. A, I, I don't want to get Discord. it and start a new character. Like I don't want to pay like sixty bucks again. Yeah, Ugh, yeah. that's, a, that's that, a whole thing. That makes sense. Yeah, like I just want people to play with me on PS Four so I can just rank up and do raids and just do Destiny Hood Rat shit with my
0: friends.
1: <laughs> Destiny Hood Rat shit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh so my piece of news is coming from GameSpot and this is from Steve Watts the inventor of the light bulb. Uh the title of this article is Xbox One system update adds new avatars, Alexa support and more. So it says here, quote, the Xbox One October update is rolling out today, offering a few new bells and whistles for for the Microsoft console. The features in this update will allow you to use more voice interactions, more easily watch HDR movies with streaming services, and personalize your avatar. The Xbox skill feature will let you interact with your Xbox using Alexa or Cortana devices with a greater degree of precision than the previous Kinect voice commands. As an example, Microsoft says you can tell Alexa to launch Forza Horizon 4. Uh, and in response, the Xbox One will start up, sign you in, and launch the game without additional commands needed. Other commands will include uh, starting mixer broadcasts, capturing screenshots, and adjusting the volume. You'll need to download the Xbox skill in the respective stores to get started. Uh, to promote the new functionality, Amazon will be offering a bundle that includes an Amazon Echo Dot with a new Xbox One S or Xbox One X purchases. The deal is coming soon, but supplies will be limited. Um, so yeah, I don't know, kind of cool um, definitely fits into like the ecosystem of what Microsoft has always tried to be, which is like an everything system and an mm-hmm. everything yeah. ecosystem. The avatars are coming back, which is interesting. I have on my old Xbox 360, my account is still Boxer Ice 2013, <laughs> which, is <what laughs> Boxer I made, Ice. which is what I made in college because Boxer Ice is the name of our favorite beer at Bridgewater it's State. It's a terrible West. beer
2: that they actually sell in 36 packs
0: because yeah. that's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, my character is like, uh, he looks like an old prospector. He has like a plaid shirt tucked into khakis and he's got leather gloves and he's got a big old hat. But then he has like frosty white curls coming out of his hat and he's got <laughs> a big old mustache.
2: <laughs> he just looks like Ashley Schaefer from fucking Eastbound and Down. Pretty much, yeah.
0: So I'm hoping that if I ever get an Xbox One S or X, I could bring back Boxer Rice from the grave because I'd love to see that avatar again. But uh so yeah, cool stuff coming from Xbox. And folks, that was patch notes 10.11.18 where we update you on the gaming news that broke since the last time we spoke. So, that was episode 50. Thank you to everyone who has supported us for 50 episodes. We're halfway to 100, and that's uh. fucking crazy. So, I mean, I I'm, I'm still kind of like buzzing and celebrating the year anniversary, but I'm I'm happy with where we are. We have a lot of exciting things that are coming in the future. So again, thank you to everyone who has supported us. We appreciate everything you guys do and we love what we're doing and we're happy that you guys are here for the journey. It's a journey reference, the game and the band. So again, if you enjoyed this episode and if you like what we're doing, feel free to support us. You can do so by sharing this podcast with your friends, if you want to do that, we're all over the podcast world. Again, we're on Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify. I don't know why I always start with those two. It's weird that I do that.
2: Yeah, you should start with yeah. the ones that are more
0: popular. Start with the more popular <laughs> ones. I'm going to go Spotify, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Google Thing, uh, uh, Player FM, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and all the other ones that you like using. We're probably on there, so give us a shout and check us out. We are the podcast, and I like to rhyme. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Everyone who's listening, share this episode with one friend, and you'll make the world a happier place. Uh, and
2: then they tell two friends. And then and they tell two friends. And then tell, they two, tell friends.
0: two friends. Three and friends. And so on. And so on. And if you and feel so on. compelled, you can help us grow at patreon.com slash gaming. And it would mean the whole wide world to us if you did that. And ladies and gentlemen, as always, wherever you are, wherever you're listening from, we fucking love you. And we'll talk to you very soon.